Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. It's episode 412. We've got a fantastic guest. Really looking forward to the interview. And that's basically, we've got Billy Bross of Lynchpin Media. Billy, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Yeah, no problem. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, Billy Bross. I grew up in Virginia. I currently live in in Southern California. And I work with online courses. So I got my start selling beer brewing courses on the internet of all things, teaching people how to brew beer at home and, uh, and taste their beer, analyze it. And then just really found a passion for selling courses online, for online marketing, got really into copywriting. So that's what I do full time now. I work with online course creators to help them pour fuel on their fire and grow their business. Yeah, we thought Billy would be an excellent guest because he advises actual course entrepreneurs. So he knows all the mistakes, successes. He's got a lot of knowledge to share in this episode. And I've got my great new co-host, Adrian from Groundhog. Adrian, would you like to introduce yourself? For sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Adrian. I am the CEO and founder of Groundhog. We develop marketing automation and sales tools for uh, as plugins for people who use WordPress and run their businesses on WordPress. If you'd like to find more out about that, you can go to Groundhog with two G's at the end.io or visit us at Groundhog WP on both Facebook and Twitter to find out more about how we can help you grow your business with marketing automation and sales tools for WordPress. That's great. And before we go into the main discussion, folks, I want to um, tell you about one of our major sponsors, and that's Kinster Hosting. And what is Kinster? Kinster only specializes in WordPress hosting. They've been a major sponsor of the WP Tonic Show for the last two years. Um, fantastic company. We host the WP Tonic website with them as well. If you've got a membership site, a course site, e-commerce, anything that needs a real um, real quality WordPress hosting environment, look at Kinster. They've got all the bells and whistles, staging site, latest versions of PHP. But the main thing is they use Google Cloud as their backbone and what you get from Kinster is a superb interface and some of the best support on the market in 2019. Um, I've been blown away with the quality of their support team and they're just great people in general. So go over to kinster.com and find out something more and Twitter out that you heard about them on the WP Tonic Show. Right, Billy. So let's get into this. Um, so, um, so what are some of the things by working with all these entrepreneurs? Are there some couple key mistakes which a lot of people looking to start a successful course need to know or they make before they come to you? Is there any kind of patterns that you've observed? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, probably the biggest one that I've noticed, and, and this is just a big warning for anyone who wants to get into creating online courses because what some people actually a lot of people tend to do is have an idea for an online course and then they sort of go into a cave for a few months maybe a lot of months and they don't really interact with their audience at all they have this idea it's really more like a it's a hypothesis right my background is in science 
And so you have this hypothesis that I'm going to create this course and that people are going to buy it. But really, that's the wrong way to go about it. You don't want to create a product and then go try to find customers for it. What I recommend you do instead is go find your market, find your customers, identify who they are, what their pain points are, what they want, what they've tried before, and really fall in love with your market. You want to be close to the people in your market because you need them in order to grow your business. They're not just numbers, they're people. And so learn about them, speak with them, talk to them on the phone, and then create products for your customers. So it's not finding customers for your products, it's finding products for your customers. It's a, it's a subtle shift, but it's a really, really powerful one. I just see a lot of people making that mistake. And I just hate to see people spend so much time, money, and effort creating a 12-module, giant, you know, bloated course. And then they come and release it and say, hey, here it is. And no one wants to buy it because they were just off in their positioning of it. Yeah, so true. Adrian? I actually... um. Uh, I resonate with that fact or actually what, what you just said a lot, you know, uh, sell first, build later. You know, you, you, you go find out uh, where those people are and, and then you collect their email addresses or you do ever, which is actually a perfect segue into um, a lot of people are, uh, at least a lot of the groups that I belong to on Facebook are like, is email still relevant? And they're asking these questions, do I need to build an email list or are there any other tools that I need to be using, uh, what, what, what is your uh, take on the reliability or the effectiveness of, of building email lists and how important is that in a, in a course creator context? Huge. It's huge. Yeah. I mean, so it's I, not dead. It is not dead. No, it is, it is thriving and it's better than ever. Yeah. And I run an email marketing program. I mean, I'm a big believer in email. And the reason is it's the most personal form of communication online that we have. I mean, you think about before we had the internet and how you communicated with someone across the country, you would write them a handwritten letter, right? You would, you would send it in the mail. And email is the digital equivalent of that. And there can only be one. There has to be that digital equivalent of sending someone a letter, right? And so that's why email has stood the test of time. It's been around since, I think, the early 70s. And if you look at it, it really hasn't changed that much, They've tried to change it. What was the Google product that came out almost a decade ago? Google Wave. And they were trying to revolutionize email. Probably don't even know about it because it totally crashed and burned. <laughs> but uh, it's not owned by anyone. I mean, the email protocol, it's, you know, it's publicly available. That's why we have all these different email software programs like Gmail and Outlook and Hotmail, and whatever. As opposed to something like Facebook, there's just one Facebook. There's just one Instagram. There's just one Snapchat. So, you know, I've worked with a lot of very successful online courses, six-figure, seven-figure online courses. And the one big thing that they all have in common is that they really know how to work their list. Brilliant. Jonathan? Yeah, so, you know, I hear, you know, I totally agree with you, Billy, but, you know, it's a bit of a chicken and egg. How, you got any insights, tips on how to build that list? Yeah, so I really like the phrase, I forget who said it. I think it's Steve Blank. It's one of the lean uh, startup guys. And so he was applying this to the SaaS world. Adrian, you might know this one. And he says, do things that don't scale. And I think that's a great way to start building your email list. Uh, a lot of people start the other way. They try to automate it so much and they'll start running Facebook ads and everything. But I think you got to get out there and take a really organic approach and just talk to people in your market. 
the way that I did that at first with my homebrewing website was going to homebrewing forums. I was in Facebook groups and I would literally ask people, I would say, I would first deliver value and I would maybe have a little chat with them, see what problems they were dealing with, see if I could give them some advice and then say, Hey, I have this, this awesome beer brewing newsletter. Can I add you to it? And they'd be like, sure, no problem. Absolutely. So that's where I would start because that's, that's going to give you the best feedback on what resonates with people. And then from there, you can start to automate. So then you can start to create uh, your lead magnet and your funnel and start to drive traffic to a landing page, things like that. But my biggest tip is to do things that don't scale at first. And that, I actually, that, oh, oh, go on, Adrian. I actually was just going to about to say, you know, that um, as a developer of software, which allows you to automate a lot of stuff, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the first things we tell people who actually onboard with our software is don't focus on automating everything right now all at once. Focus on your deliverables and how you can create value. And then as you move forward, you'll be able to, to step in and start automating some of your systems and processes. But just starting with whatever you've got, even if you have to manually log in somewhere and start posting on forums, uh, will create so much more value in the long term uh, and in the short term than spending significant, uh, significant amount of time on automating uh, processes that nobody is currently in, right? You have to have the demand for it before you actually go and create it. So if you have to create that demand manually, then that's exactly what you have to go do. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of a crude phrase, but it makes sense here. You don't want to polish a turd, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, on to the next question. Uh, uh, um. So what you know the like the um, eight hundred pound gorilla in course um, in the course market is Udemy. So um, what do you, what are your thoughts about Udemy and um, and how if you were building a course how would you, you would you use it in any shape or form? Uh, it, it plays a role and uh, and it's been a great thing for a lot of people. Overall, I'm not a huge fan. You know, it's, it's an online, for people who don't know, it's an online course marketplace. So it's sort of like the Amazon.com of online courses. And I just don't think it's very friendly towards the online course creator. Now, look, if, if you don't want to do online courses full time, if it's just sort of a side thing you want to do for fun, or maybe just a little bit of uh, additional revenue, then go for it. But if it's your main thing, then I don't recommend really investing heavily in Udemy. And the reason is, for one, they discount your courses like crazy. So I was working with a client and he has courses on machine learning. So computers that can learn things really quickly and improve themselves. And this is sort of like the precursor to artificial intelligence and a lot of things that are coming down the road. And yeah, there's some scary stuff there, but there's far more positive things that can come from this, like self-driving cars, um, you know, a lot of applications in medicine. So it's a really important field and there's not a whole lot of people teaching it. And he is, he's one of the best. And he was selling a course on Udemy for, I believe it was, it was uh, $100. And then they discounted it to $10. And he had no say in that whatsoever. And then they were, he was getting something like 10% of that. So maybe just a, you know, a buck for every course that was sold. And I think it just really undervalues it. And I, you know, so we helped him get over to a different platform, his own platform, raise the price and, and charge what he was worth. So I think that's the way to do it. You know, I, I think that you should build on your own platform. The way that Udemy could factor into this is if you're not sure if you want to, to do this or not, online courses, 
or if you're not really sure about your idea and you want to validate it really quickly, they do have a built-in audience. So that's the huge benefit of them. So you could get something out there, get feedback from the market, yes or no, do they like it or not. Um, But once you get that feedback, then I would start to put together your escape plan and do something on your own platform. Yeah, I think you're so spot on there because, you know, the main thing they've got is they've got an audience, haven't they? So, you know, if you want to quantify, if you hadn't built up that um, email list but and you wanted to just try a small course just to see if there was an audience and to get feedback, it might be something to consider. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it could be a great place to do market testing. Yeah, but again, I would begin with the end in mind, though. Yeah, you've got to, you've got to actually be thinking of your exit almost at the start of your engagement, haven't you? Right, yeah. Well, you know, another thing, too, is you got to think about your brand. And if you're surrounded, if your course, if your goal is to sell a premium course one day and your brand is showing up on Udemy, surrounded by all these other courses that, you know, with a red line slashed through them, discounted by 90%, selling for three or five bucks, that brings down the value of your brand, too. So that's a consideration. Yeah, you got a point there. It's a little bit tricky. All right, then, folks, we're going to go for our break. We'll be back. We'll be discussing more with Billy, this fascinating world of course entrepreneurship. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no question asked, 30 day money back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com just like the podcast we're coming back being put straight about you to me <laughs> being put in my place uh, um, I'm used to it folks listeners Adrian over to you uh, I just actually, before I ask the next question, I wanted to tack on to the end of the um, the Udemy conversation. Uh, what I've noticed, I'm not personally a course creator, but I have witnessed other course creators. If they have uh, several tiers of courses, they have kind of their mid-tier and their high ticket sales courses. Uh, sometimes what they do is they take their most bottom tier course and they'll put that on Linda or Udemy. What are your thoughts on on selling your bottom, kind of your, your low ticket offer on, on those platforms and then trying to move them over to your other platform where your high tickets are? You can do that. People have certainly done that successfully. The, the challenge with that is that you don't get the email list. And that's something that I didn't mention before, but it's a huge, huge drawback of Udemy is that you don't get that customer list. They keep that. And there are some tactics, there's some ways you can do that and, and try to move people over to your own site. Um, but So that, that's a big drawback of it. But yeah, if you're going to do it, if you're going to have courses on Udemy and also your own platform, I think that's a, a smart strategy. Have your lower tier ones and then make it clear you know, that this is the lower tier. And if you want the premium stuff, you got to come to the main platform. Right. All right. Thank you for clarifying for that. Um, and now an actual question. Uh, so uh, a lot of people feel that the course market is getting very saturated. There's lots of people every day entering into the course market. And we have these behemoths, Udemy and Linda. So how, how do you 
Or what is a strategy that course creators can use to differentiate themselves from the noise and, and really make their brand and their content stand out? Yeah, that's a great question. So you think about what advantage you do have then. Because an example is if you're going to go up against Walmart, you're in retail, you're not going to beat them by being the low priced option, right? Like there's just no way to beat Walmart on that battlefield. And so you don't want to compete against Udemy on their battlefield. So what do they have that's a drawback? Well, it's not very personal. It's not very human. And so that's a big thing that I tell my clients is let your personality shine through. What is unique about your business? Well, you are. And people want to do business. Your students, they want to do business with a person. I mean, that's why, that's why influencers are so popular these days and brands are pouring so much money into influencers because people would rather buy from an influencer or through an influencer versus through a brand versus through, they don't want to buy from Tide. They want to buy from the influencer who uses Tide on their clothes, right? So if you're a course creator, you don't want to, if you're hiding, if you're trying to hide behind a company name or uh, you know, brand name for yourself or a logo or something, I think you're really handicapping yourself. And so this even plays into the email discussion too, that the types of emails that I recommend people send and that I teach are very personality driven. So we're sharing little quirks about ourselves. You know, we're, we're sharing our, our vulnerabilities, the things that we like, our pets, you know, our, our history, telling our story. And that gives you really uh, an unfair advantage against the big behemoths like the Lindas and the Udemy's. Thank you. Um, uh, just a follow-up question to that. How do you, is it, uh, is it easy to scale when you're that involved in the business? Or, or what are some tips that you have for when you're trying to scale with that personality? Because if it's so focused on you, uh, are, are there strategies and ways to make that kind of, as you scale up and you hire employees, are there ways to, to keep that personality in it? Yeah, well, you know, you look at some of the bigger ones out there, some of the larger online courses. Uh, take someone like a... Um, like a Stu McLaren. Do you guys know who he is? I'm not familiar. No. He's from your neck of the woods, actually. I think he's from Toronto. Uh, Tribe. He, he teaches membership sites. And so that's, you know, he's got a significant size, seven, maybe eight figure company. But, but he's still the personality behind it. He's still the, the voice behind it. And I, I think that is, I think that's really important. I think that's one of the last things that you delegate or you outsource. Uh, if you ever do. If you ever do. So if you're looking at scaling and, and the, uh, you know, the objection or the question that you raised is, how do you scale that when you're the face of the business? Because it just becomes too, too time consuming. I think there are a lot of lower level things that you can outsource and delegate before handing that over to someone else or trying to, to automate that more. You know, like, like for me, I got a personal assistant, an executive assistant uh, about uh, almost a year ago now, and it just freed up so much time. And so there's a lot of low-hanging fruit like that that you can automate before going that other direction, outsourcing your voice, the personality. Brilliant. Thank you. Jonathan? Well, we're in the second half of 2019, Billy. I don't know where the first half went. It just seemed to go poof. Um, how do you see the, mark, the course market um, this year? Do you think it's, uh, is there still a lot more growth or is it plateaued? And are there any trends that you observed that you're the entrepreneurs that you're working with that you like to share with our audience? Yeah. So the courses have to get better. So there were, you know, when this, this thing first started and online courses started taking off in popularity, you had a lot of people just kind of phoning it in just because it was so easy to make an online course. 
I mean, I remember one there, it was a course I was doing pretty well uh, financially. And the, the course was really just a, a zip file that they would email to their students. They would download to the computer and it was a pretty poor user experience. And you look at a uh, course creation or course completion rates and they're really dismal. They're around 3%. So, you know, it, it's, it's survival of the fittest, right? So the, the, on, the really good online courses, the ones that provide the best user experience, the ones that get their students the best results, the cream always rises to the top. And so you do, if you're getting into this, you really have to, to step up your game. And what we're seeing is a lot more involvement from the teachers in the course uh, in a live environment. When I say live, I, I mean not IRL, not in real life, right? Like, like doing calls, Zoom calls, things like that. More like a traditional school, right? You don't just hand someone the textbook and then say, okay, see you at the end of the semester. You have the teacher teach to the textbook. So it's not just, hey, welcome to my online course. Good luck. Uh, we're seeing a lot more live coaching calls and interactions, Facebook groups and things like that to ensure that the students are completing the course for one and to getting the results that were promised in the course. Yeah, thanks for that. So, so a follow through question. Fundamentally, I'm trying to find the right word here. They're becoming, they're becoming micro-educational establishments in a way virtual communities, kind of unofficial institute. I was going to use the word, I'm struggling for the right words. Is that making any sense at all, Billy? I think I see where you're going, yeah. So I'm a big believer in online courses for the future of education. And I call these, I call them independent course creators or indie course creators. These, these experts who build on their own platform and they're building these online schools, institutions, uh, you know, it's kind of like a like an independent record label, right? You have these these indie artists, and so I, I think that there's a big opportunity for them, um, as opposed to traditional education, which is not doing so well right now. And I think that there's always going to be a place for that. You know, if you want to become a doctor, you're not going to take an online course. You got to go to medical. But uh, but for these independent course creators, I mean, with, with uh, the machine learning guy, so his students can say they can go through the course and say. Hey, this was great, but you know, this new technology just came out. Can you put something together on this? And he can have that the next day. He can have a new lesson in their course area the very next day. And now they're moving ahead. They're getting better. They're getting smarter. They're getting faster at doing this, putting out better products. Whereas a traditional university, I mean, they are not going to iterate that quickly. How long is it going to take them to update their curriculum? So it, they just can't keep up. And that's why I'm so bullish on online courses. That's fantastic. Over to you, Adrian. So um, we were talking about Udemy and Linda, and, and those are some of the platforms that people can go to to host the, their, their first online course. But once they have a course, they have their market, they have, um, and they know the content they want to produce, where do they go? Uh, what, what, what's the technology that they use in order to be able to share that? What, what tech stack would you recommend for people to, to start hosting their courses and being able to share those with the world? So if they're hosted on Udemy or Linda for the for the online course side of things, for the fulfillment side? No, I mean, so so what do you, for example, you use for your clients to actually like share their courses? Is it Teachable? Is it another site? Is it WordPress? What is it that you use to to share courses with, with the world? Uh, so if you're talking about where the actual lessons are hosted and all that, there, there's a number of 
if we're talking about platforms that you own, so if it's not a Linda or a Udemy, uh, there's a number of them. So I'm a big fan of Teachable. I got involved with them back in the day when they were, they were called Fedora originally. Uh, they're now Teachable. And they have a, it's, it's a great piece of software. And, and they don't, and they're not a marketplace, so you're not going to see any courses advertised on their homepage or anything. They're, they're just software. Uh, Thinkific is another one. Uh, LearnDash is another one. I believe that's a, a WordPress plugin. Yeah. So you can do something kind of custom on WordPress, and that's not a bad way to go either. So there's a bunch of them these days. And so that's on the fulfillment side. That's delivering the course. And then you, you have these other pieces of software that you need. Like I recommend a landing page builder because uh, capturing email addresses is so important. So something like uh, lead pages or Instapage or ClickFunnels. You, you have your email software itself. So ConvertKit, there's a number of these, ConvertKit, AWeber, Drip. I'm a big fan of Entreport. So that would be a really good stack. So you have the the online course delivery, might be something like a Teachable or a Thinkific. You have the email software, might be something like Drip or Entreport. And then you have a landing page builder, maybe something like a lead pages. Brilliant. So there you you go. That's that's the tech stack for anybody who's, who's interested. Jonathan? Well, it's really interesting um, as you went through that because you've got um, these different elements or you've got something like Kajabi where they say they in one platform you can do all these separate, they provide all these separate tools or click funnel to some extent. But then you've got the whole world of WordPress, haven't you, and the integration of um, the reason why I like WordPress is that you can take the best of the WordPress ecosystem, you know, the best affiliate plugin, the best landing page builder. And I honestly believe, Billy, now in 2019, you can build something as powerful as you can get with ClickFunnel or Kajabi, um, but have still have the best of breed. So you don't, there's no element in that stack that's not been looked at consistently and made sure that it is the best of breed. Now, um, so we've covered a lot of territory. So if you were starting out building a course, and it was your first course, what size would it be? And what, um, what would be your first steps in investigating um, what that initial course should be about. How would you get the blueprint to build that first course and how big would that course be? Good question, yeah. Yeah, so I'm a big believer in doing a lot of research up front. Uh, when I left my full-time job, uh, so I, I got my MBA and I was working in the renewable ener- energy industry for about seven years. And then I went to sell online courses thinking that my business degree would really, really help with that. But it turns out it doesn't really lend itself to selling beer brewing courses on the internet. So I had to learn how to sell things online. And what I learned was copywriting. I studied under a a really great copywriting mentor for a year. And he taught me that 80% of copywriting is research. And so that's how I would start. I would pick a field, but then just go listen. Go listen and go talk to people. So go on Twitter, go into Facebook groups, go into forums and see what people are struggling with. And then I would start to collect those email addresses and start to frequently email them, delivering content, seeing what resonates. And then once you do that, you should get an idea of the common pain points there and what people are struggling with. 
And then a key thing is with online courses, you don't want to provide information. You want to provide transformation. So think, you want to look into what, think about what the end outcome is. What do those people want at the end of the day? Because no one buys a hammer because they want a hammer. They buy a hammer because they want to put a nail in the wall and then hang a picture on it that they can look at when they walk by it. So I would look at what that end outcome is and then put together four, the four major milestones, four to eight major milestones that they need to get to in order to get to that end outcome. And then what I would do is, I'll tell you what I wouldn't do. I wouldn't go into the cave and work on and have a fancy studio and work on pre-recording videos and all that. I would take it through them live. I would, I would have a cohort go through four to eight week course, maybe a little bit longer if it's a more involved topic and, and to do it really organically. I would have a beta, you know, pre-sell it upfront, tell them that this is going to be the best deal, the, the lowest price it's ever going to be. And they're going to get the most attention they're ever going to get and then bring them through it. But, but don't try to plan it too much, make it really organic, get feedback and then iterate on the fly. So if you're doing, if you're in week two and people tell you and something comes up, a question comes up, you might change your week three because of that. So don't, you know, be very open-minded about it. Oh, I thought that was a fantastic answer. Thanks so much. Um, hopefully Billy's going to stay on with us. We're going to wrap up the podcast part of the show, folks, but Billy's agreed to stay on. Hopefully he is going to. And we're asking him some more questions. And I've got a question about YouTube. And the discussion goes on. And if you um, want to see um, our interviews and other content the quickest it's best to subscribe to the wp tonic youtube channel because we've got new materials planned in the next come coming months and it's the quickest platform where we publish the interviews on um, the show on our youtube channel also if you really want to support the show um go to itunes and and give us a review it really does help the show a tremendous amount so, Billy, how can people find out more about you, what you're up to, and basically your, your great thoughts? Uh, sure. Yeah, well, the website is linchpin.media. It's one of those new fancy ones without the .com. And then uh, I'm very active on Facebook. So if you're on Facebook, go ahead and friend me, Billy Bross, B-R-O-S-S. And then I also have a, a great free Facebook group called the 20-Minute Email Challenge. So you can type that into the Facebook search bar and it'll come up and uh, we have a cool challenge for email marketing, and I talk a lot about copywriting and marketing strategy for online courses. Oh, I think I'll join that myself. <laughs> um, Adrian, how can people find out more about you and your company, what you're up to? I, th- I think I'm going to go join that that challenge as well. I think it'll be uh, interesting as email marketing is my business. Speaking of which, if you're looking to collect email addresses and send those emails that are ever so important, as Billy has mentioned several times throughout uh, this show. You can use uh, Groundhog, uh, the Groundhog Marketing Automation plugin for WordPress to do exactly that. If you're looking for more information on that, you can go to Groundhog with two Gs at the end dot IO, or you can reach out to us on Facebook where we are also extremely active at Groundhog WP on both Facebook and Twitter. That's great. And if you want to find out more about WP Tonic, go to the WP Tonic website. We've got a load of um, posts about any, a lot of subjects 
concerning if you're an e-learning or want to become an e-learning entrepreneur and you want to know about video, sound equipment, the topics are endless what I've written about on the WP Tonic website. We'll see you next week where we have another fantastic guest like Billy, hopefully giving you insight about how to make your course a true success and get the um, lifestyle that you're looking for. We'll see you next week, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening to WP Tonic, the podcast that gives you a spoonful of WordPress medicine twice a week.